For fuck's sake is brought to you by Temple Brewing, Temple Brew House in Brunswick East, home of the award-winning bicycle beer. Temple's amazing beer is all brewed on site in the amazing brew house in Brunswick East. Their team of experienced and skilled brewers work hard to ensure that you enjoy every mouthful of delicious craft beer. It doesn't get any fresher than this. Your beer was brewed footsteps away from where you are enjoying it. The bar, restaurant, and function space big enough for 100 people ensures that you can enjoy a comfy experience for any occasion. So get down and visit the team at 122 Western Street in Brunswick East or give them a follow on Insta at Temple Brewing. Royal Prey Creative is a Melbourne-based duo that produces simple, clever design solutions done with a high level of care and sophistication. Specializing in brand identity development and redevelopment, campaign art direction, typography, illustration, and digital, Royal Prey offers a lot of services you'd expect from a large agency without the large agency price tag. So if you need a new club badge, billboard, corporate logo, or bar menus, get in touch and find out how Royal Prey can make it happen. Mention FES for a 10% discount on your first design project. Brand art design thinking, royalprey.com. And as always, Ambrosia Fell Designs, as seen on the block and married at first sight. They're located in Telemarine and specialize in weddings, functions, and corporate events. Ambrosia also offer floral workshops, which make great gift ideas. Book a consultation for your next event by calling Leanne on 9338-3609 or you can contact her online at ambrosiafolddesigns.com. Mention FES to receive a discount off your next booking. And each and every week, we are replayed on FNR Football Nation Radio on Tuesdays at midday. So give us a listen on Tuesdays at midday on FNR Radio. And each and every day, their breakfast show between 8 to 9 a.m. Give that a listen as well. It is a very big episode of FES. Let's get it going. This is, for fuck's sake, we are back again on a Monday evening. Welcome to each and every one of you. My name is Jason. I'm coming to you live and direct from Ocean Boulevard in Long Beach, California. Currently 5.42 local time in Melbourne on a Monday night. Uh, Dave is off this week. Um, he had a, uh, a thing on or something. Um, he pulled out this morning but we do have uh returning to us the man of the people buds um hello mate uh happy monday to you how 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 are, how are you going i'm good man um gee how hard was today after watching that garbage last night and apologies um my microphone's really good um i now i now record in the garage and um i've got somebody um on the phone doing business dealings right at the door of my garage. I think it's my neighbor and he's a concreter. So I'm <laughs> hearing about all the ins and outs at the moment. That's all right. I, I, I can't hear anything. It could be interesting on, um, on this end as well. So, uh, I'm deteriorating as we speak with the, the flu or a cough or something. So I might be coughing a lot. We're also um, sleep training my little daughter today. This is the first night of sleep training. We've had pretty much like, three or four, uh, probably about two months actually of really bad sleep with my daughter. So we've um, read all the uh, the online groups and things like that. And tonight's the first night of just putting her down and just letting her cry until she gets so tired 
that she just gives up and falls asleep. So um, we did that before we put her down about three hours ago. And she's um, she's been out since then. She, she cried for about 45 minutes, which was pretty good. I think all the online groups said it would take about two and a half, three hours. So we're prepared for that. But she, um, she dropped... Uh, after about 40 minutes but she could erupt at any stage during this recording so it could get interesting so um this is just the this is the life we lead these days this is for fuck's sake there's there's babies in the background um there's businessmen in the background it's just the the way it goes so hopefully we'll get through it um but yeah dave dave not here um doesn't take away from the fact that it's a huge show the only thing it takes away from is the fact that maybe you won't hear a mouse clicking incessantly for the next hour or so um but a huge show of course the um the game last night uh we're still catching our breath from that. We're going to discuss one of the more bizarre games in A-League history, or certainly VUC history, the 3-2 loss against Central Coast Mariners. Uh, the VUC youth and W-League are also on the agenda, but of course, the, the big news at the moment is Marco Rojas. We'll be doing a deep dive into that, and the permutations um, that lie, um, lie in with the... Uh, who we have to get rid of, basically. Insta Dobris comes back. And we'll also discuss uh, a few articles that came out in the press in the last couple of days. Um, some Australian football journos um, seemingly losing faith in the A-League um, before previewing a huge match against Adelaide United uh, this Friday night at Highmarsh Stadium. The music theme, uh, we do have actually a few Patreons. I think actually one Patreon that came on board um, since last week. Sir Trev um, jumped on board. So thank you very much to Sir Trev, uh, who became a Patreon supporter for the rest of the season. The music theme uh, in line with the Patreon tier. Um, I think it's $5 and above. You get to choose the music theme. Rudy Edsel, um, old friend of the show, former host and actually Patreon contributor. Um, he's choosing the music theme this week and his uh, choice is goodbyes. Um, and that ties in with uh, foreigners. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. So we have to say goodbye to one of the foreigners. We're going to be just discussing all, all of that in just a moment. Um, but let's, uh, let's get straight into a huge episode of For Buck's Sake. Another friendly reminder about the For Vuck's Sake message board, forvucksake.com. Get on there and chat all things victory with like-minded victory fans all day and not all night. You can discuss all things pertaining to the victory. It's also the only place that you can speak to myself, Dave, and Buds, the men of the people, about the victory. We are on there pretty much every day talking all things Vuck. Currently, the uh, the number one uh, top, well, top-rated headlines at the moment uh, is Marco Kurtz. The sack Kurtz thread is going off. Likewise is the transfer rumors thread, uh, Marco Rojas, of course, the big news of the day and of the last couple of days, um, we'll be discussing that in just a moment's time. The, uh, the Central Coast game, of course, on the agenda as well. Um, so get on there, fucksake.com, and chat all things victory with like-minded victory fans. All right, let's discuss this game. Now, as I said before, it was the most bizarre 
game I can recall. One of the most bizarre games I can recall watching Melbourne victory. Um, having the game start at 11 p.m. and finishing up about 1 a.m., I was pretty much completely wired um, towards the end of the uh, the match and had some trouble getting to sleep. But um, after the match, of course, the crazy ending, the crazy injury time, probably the last 15 to 20 minutes was absolutely insane. And we got a few messages on Twitter. Uh, and it's, it's probably one of the greatest things after a crazy game like that. People are immediately tweeting us saying, I can't wait for for, for Vuck's sake this week. I can't wait to hear what they're going to say. And that's one of the, the, the best things you can you can read. I, I love I love reading that shit and uh, gets me excited to, to record the pod. But it also places a lot of pressure on me because I need to, to do this game justice. I need to um, to explain this game and, and do this game justice. And when I was thinking about the game, I, I kind of thought there was so much going on and it, it was it was such a uh, crazy, wonderful game. It was almost like a, a work of art in a, in a way. Um, so I put together this little package um, before we discuss the game. This is my summation of Melbourne Victory versus Central Coast last night. It was Sunday night at 6pm and the Melbourne Victory were in Gosford. On the back of a two-game winning streak, their longest of the season so far and looking to make it three against a dire Central Coast team. The Vuck went into the game unchanged from last week's domination of Newcastle. Even without Ola Toivon and the team last week were more fluid in attack and it felt like we were finally about to click into gear. The Mariners were no threat whatsoever. And the game started as we expected with the victory in fine form. There were chances aplenty in the opening moments and it only took 8 minutes before the Central Coast defence could stand no more. The Vuck were on the score sheet through Christian Dobris. Cometh the moment, cometh the man. He's had to endure a week of social media pressure to be given the boot in order to free up a visa spot to sign Marco Rojas. Kiki, as he's known by our loving fanbase, stuck it right up every single last one of us. Each shucker shake of his hand in celebration a dagger into Buds' heart. Dobbis was here to fucking stay. The dominance after the goal continued. Jakob Poulsen looked lively, almost scoring a blinder. If ever there was a day for Elvis Kempsober to finally score a fucking goal, this would surely be it, right? The dominance did not amount to anything more than a few squandered chances, and as sure as the sun rising in the morning, you can rely on this victory side to cough up a lead. And just before halftime, it was level again. A silly bash at turnover and slow transition to defence led to a Central Coast goal, and all of our dominance was for zero. The Mariners would continue to push in the second half, scoring a goal disallowed by VAR. Finally, some luck for the Vuck. But they were getting on top, and suddenly it became a war of attrition for the victory. And then, out of nowhere, Adama Troy miss hits across that bounces off the bar onto the foot of a Mariner and into the back of the net. Victory were back in front. We didn't deserve it, but for a second it looked like we might get out of here. Somehow, with three points. But then, Matt Simon happened. The chief A-League antagonist, the pest of all pests, came on at the 63-minute mark and changed the game. After a denied shout for a penalty, injury time would see it all kick off. A penalty given by VAR due to a James Donnicky handball. Simon put it away with ease. Victory had coughed up two points and frustration was evident among the players. Earlier in the game, Andrew Nabu berated Kenny Athew, which would ordinarily be a huge talking point, but it's only like the sixth or seventh most interesting thing that happened in this game. 
After Simon's first goal, Adama Traore decided that he had had enough and started a near all-in brawl with Simon. But the game was still going and the victory still had more coughing up to do. In the dying stages of injury time, another VAR decision goes against us. Matt Simon steps up to the spot again and slots it home again. Make that three points lost. And it would be distressing if it wasn't so fucking poetic. The fourth time a victory team this year has given up a lead. A team full of underachievers and meme fodder. This season's incarnation of victory is going to go down as one of the stupidest. And I can't wait for it to be over. But this game, this game was beautiful. It was peak A-League in every sense of the term. It was a renaissance painting that will one day be hung in a museum and people will come far and wide just to wait in lines for a glimpse at a masterpiece. So that basically wraps up the match, but um, let's delve a little bit deeper into this, buds. Um, do we break this down to chapters? How do you want to? How do you want to start this? This was just one of the craziest games I've ever watched of uh, of A League football. Uh, Melbourne victory just throwing away a, uh, a a lead and and ultimately three points. It was just crazy. How how should we break down this game? Well, first and foremost, mate, with that monologue you put together, I uh, probably about four weeks ago wanted to do a little segment where we were going to lay the season to rest, uh, a funeral, so yeah. to speak, for the season. Uh, Dave knocked that on the head really quickly. And then when I first heard that this afternoon when you shared it around, and I thought, oh, beautiful, Ava Maria in the background... <laughs> You know, we're doing it. We're doing yeah. it. I was rubbing my hands together. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can yeah. probably get away with doing what I need to get done today at work tomorrow. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a little bit together. But then you also um, brought it to my attention that we can't exactly do that because no. the A League being the A League, we are, we got pants by the bottom <laughs> team and went up a spot <laughs> on the ladder. Yes, we are in six. Adelaide United lost. They they got drubbed 3-0. Um, and as a result of goal difference, we actually went up from seventh to six. And it was something that you kind of just cannot believe. After that performance and throwing away uh, a result and, and going down to to Central Coast Mariners, the, the, I think the second bottom team on the league in uh, stoppage time, copping two goals and losing the match, but still somehow, somehow getting into sixth spot. Um, and our finals chances are well and truly alive. Now, you can't call time on this season. Uh, technically, anything is possible, and I wouldn't put it past this fucking team to uh, to probably win a championship because the way it's going, it's it's starting to feel a little bit like 2018. And I don't know. There's there's some quality of, across the team. We know that. There's some quality across the team. Um do they have? Do they have what it takes to to maybe pull something off? If if all the cards um, fall right in April or May, I, I'm probably feeling like it's unlikely. But um, I wouldn't put it past this team. But let's break this down into chapters, buds. Let's talk about each kind of event in isolation. We'll, we'll kind of um, start off with probably the first 
15 to 20 minutes and the, the Vuck dominance um, leading to one goal. Christian Dobris, of course, as I said, cometh the uh, the moment, cometh the man. He opens the scoring and uh, I'm sure that you were flooded with text messages and, uh, and DMs about Kiki Dobris. But the initial Vuck dominance just didn't amount to much. Um, what did you make of the, the opening 15 to 20 minutes of the match? Well, when I saw the team sheet, man, I, I, in, in, the, um, in the group chat, I said, if he's starting again today, which he is, if he doesn't get a goal or assist, he can't start again. So he goes and does it. Yep. Um, we'll, we'll, call the first, we'll call the first bracket, the first 20 minutes, the Dobris sector, <laughs> because it was the best 20 minutes. He played like a man that had been told in the week that you may get cut for Marco mm-hmm. Rojas. And also, um, Paulson did as well. Paulson, yeah. Paulson and Dobris were in everything, as was Andrew Naboo. Andrew Naboo was absolutely electric in that first 20 minutes. And um, Melbourne Victory looked like they were going to put three or four on the board by half time, which they definitely should have. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But in um, season 19-20 fashion, we managed to score a goal take the foot off, completely waste every single chance that we could have. Uh, Dobras went from in like, you know, five minutes scoring a goal to getting his way into a shot and completely mm-hmm. blocking it and uh, stopping us from going two up. And we just muddled our way into half time. And it was, you know, if you broke down the second half of the first half, it was pretty piss poor, man. It was... Uh, it was shocking. I think someone's awake. There's the baby, of course. Great. Give me two seconds. 20 minutes later. So then half time happens and um, the, the part after half time, probably not um, nothing to write home about, but the, um, the sub decision. Well, the, the, the double sub is where people are losing their mind on Kurtz. Yeah. Like, this is this is probably the biggest talking point, um, apart from right at the end where he subbed. Look, I don't know. I don't know why Dobris can't play ninety minutes. I really don't. But he hasn't played. A, he hasn't played really. He's played sixty minutes every week. He keeps getting dragged for Kenny. I don't know why. Like, I didn't mind the subs because things weren't going right for Lesiotis. He was getting skinned too often. Um, but bringing Matthew on instead of Josh Hope, and I think Josh Hope played quite okay in the last um, last couple of times he's been brought on. Like, Athie just does not bring a single goddamn thing to this side, doesn't create any play. You could see last night we were going from 0 to 100 to 0. There was just... Yeah. There was no patterns in our play. It was either full blast or just completely pedestrian. That's the way we've played this year. That's the style Kurtz has brought in. There's no, there's no fluid movement. There's no attacking options, giving you know the person with the ball two or three, two or three people or outlets to to move the ball forward and fast to, forward and fast to. Um, there was a double sub and Kenny came on. Uh, there was a little flash point in that second half where Naboo thought Kenny got in front of him and spat at him and I think he said something along the lines of that's not your job or mm-hmm. do your effing job or something like that and you could see from there the wheels just started falling off um you know um defense Donicky was in all sorts all night there was a lot of finger pointing they weren't tracking back well enough and um 
Central Coast Mariners could sniff blood. And when they brought Matt Simon on, Matt Simon went full Matt Simon last mm-hmm. night. And you could sense it. And um, we were having a chat with um, a couple of the other lads, the, the ex-hosts, um, in Josh and Rudy. And we were talking up how Matt Simon's going to be the one to do us. And he did us. The circumstances he did it were just quintessential too. Um, I was really happy with Traore that he, you know, tried to punch him up. But, man, this game had everything, man. If you were <laughs> a neutral on the other side of the world watching this game, mm-hmm. you you would understand how batshit crazy this league is. And this was the perfect the perfect example of just how um, frail and um, just shit Melbourne Victory are this year. I can't believe they've coughed up another lead. Like, Dobris is never allowed to score again. <laughs> Yeah, the last time he scored, of course, against Western United, and uh, we all know how that finished up as well. Another 3-2 result, actually. Uh, VAR, we were beneficiaries of one decision for VAR, which was the right decision. Um, the second penalty, also the first penalty that Central Coast scored, um, James Donnerke, I don't see anything um, wrong with that. I think it was the right call, the, uh, the second penalty decision. Uh, not enough for VAR to turn it over. Probably uh, bad that Kurt Ams um, did actually award the penalty, but probably not enough to turn it over as a clear and obvious error. Kurt Ams, I think um, he just looks like he's intimidated on the field. I've seen him a few times referee games where it seems like he loses control of the matches a little bit, and he may be um, he may be sure of what he's doing, but um, he certainly looks intimidated by by the players um, when they when they crowd him. And uh, last night towards the end, you could kind of sense that uh, Kurt Hems uh, looked like he had seen a ghost, uh, especially at the end of the match um, when the players were crowding around him. He, he seemed quite intimidated. Probably not the right thing by, for players to do that. Uh, of course, trying to um, promote stuff like that, uh, that we shouldn't do stuff like that. But uh, VAR, how did, how did you see it? Um, is, is that about right? Two right decisions, one borderline? Yeah, mate, both clear as day penalties. I don't care what anyone says about the second one. Broxham was stupid to check him in the box like that in that, yeah. um, in, 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 in that moment of the game. Um, there were flashpoints all through the game. Um, if that kind of challenge had happened to us up the other end and we didn't get it and it wasn't called, we would be furious. Mm-hmm. We would be screaming blue murder. Um, it was a penalty and Matt Simon had the bottle to score it. And, you know... I wouldn't want a Matt Simon on my... T- I don't like Matt Simon at all. I think he's one of the biggest squibs in the league. Uh, I can't stand him, but he's probably a guy that... you know, His kind of character is someone we could have... We could have used the Matt Simon yesterday. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want a Matt Simon every day, but we, we, we don't have anyone apart from Ola, but it just depends on his level of interest within the game. We've got no one with bottle in our team. There is no bottle in this squad at all, and it sucks. Um... Yeah, I just I'm I'm losing faith with this. T- I've I've pretty much lost faith with this side. Yeah, I I don't have any faith in this side apart from the fact that they'll probably do something surprising in, in the finals, and I um I, I kind of expect expect that because I think we'll make finals now. I, f- I feel like some of the well, other teams dropping will, away. Mate. Every every other team apart from Sydney are um, P- Perth are hitting their straps, but every other team's got weaknesses and they're inconsistent. So there's, mm. there's every chance we're going to make finals and possibly have a run. And um, yeah, if we can make a couple of changes, then who knows what we can do. But um, it's just there's just too many guys that just play like they don't care at the moment. And I think it's really, really telling with Kurtz. And yeah, well, Kurtz got a red card as he well. He got a red so card? 
Yeah, he's been suspended for one week, so he's going to be out of the Adelaide game. Um, I, I think I love the Kurtz appointment when it happened because I saw how fired up he was back uh, in his Adelaide days. I haven't really seen that uh, at Melbourne Victory. He seems like he's just overwhelmed or um, overawed by the job a little bit. I, I, I kind of expected him to be someone that um, calls a spade a spade or, or you know, makes plays accountable in the press, but he hasn't really done that yet. He hasn't really um, stamped his authority on this club, and that's maybe something that just go, uh, that comes with the fact that he's a, a not a victory person. And um, for, for such a long time, we've kind of uh, we've employed from within, given the chance for, for Melbourne uh, victory people to, to rise through the ranks, and uh, maybe Kurtz is just not um, showing that fire in the belly that um, I expected. Um, I, I think the red card was, was quite of innocuous. I don't think he did too much apart from abuse a referee, but I would have loved to... I would just want to see him give a bit more... Um, a bit more shit to um, some of the, the lesser lights in our team at the moment because I think that um, a few of them could do with a kick up the ass. Uh, any other talking points that you want to discuss? Um, did we cover off on everything there? I think so. Look, I could bash. I could bash a whole bunch of players. Yeah. Um, but I've probably done that enough already this year. Like, it's, I'm going to be a broken record about a lot of them. Um, there's just a lot of cowards in our team, man. Just straight up cowards that um that they don't want to be there. And look, Kurtz is going to last the season out. Um, I, I also kind of feel like Kurtz has been dudded with the players he's been given because. They're shit, man. Yeah. They are they're shit. shit. Um, yeah, they're no good. Um, Josh Hope is going to have his uh, hands full on this uh, on this FNR radio edit. Oh, well, sorry, Josh. The um, the votes for the Lion Medals Balls of Steel uh, trophy, um, three to Adama Traore, two to Jakob Poulsen, and one to Lee Broxham. But we um, have to preface that by saying that uh, fans were not happy after the game. I think uh, the the level of vitriol uh, among the fans was uh, at fever pitch, and uh, a lot of people just didn't want to give votes. They were um, spewing up at the end. So uh, those are the the three votes. Uh, Ola Toivonen still out in the lead on 19 votes. Robbie Cruz on 11, and Elvis Kemsober. Can you believe it? Is on seven votes. Um, the Vuck. Uh, are in the six. Let's uh, let's try and just uh, take the positives where we can. Let's uh, let's take a break. The Victory Youth had a 2-3 loss to Melbourne City, the uh, the Youth Derby. The five-game unbeaten run has come to an end um, with a loss to 
Melbourne City. Um, the boys sit third in Conference A, uh, Conference A, and will play in the grand final if they beat Adelaide in the final round. So good luck to the boys. A huge turnaround from that 7-0 loss in round one. No W League this round. They are up against Adelaide on Saturday, January 18. Um, let's talk before. What should we do next? Um, let's do. Let's do the Marco Rojas news. So um, this has been a bit of a, uh, becoming a bit of a saga, really. Uh, will he, won't he? Where will he go? What will he do? Um, it came out um, that Marco Rojas was back in town about a week ago. Um, I don't think that we saw it as um, any likelihood that he would come back to Melbourne victory. Um, Western United and Melbourne City were sniffing around. I think that um, a few other clubs as well, MacArthur, are still interested. It was revealed in the Herald Sun that, I think it was the Herald Sun, that he had turned down the Melbourne City offer. So in all likelihood, if he's going to remain in Melbourne, it's going to be with Melbourne victory. I think that Western United have since pulled out of the race. So then that opens up the whole who goes for Marco Rojas. And it was reported as well in that same article that Jakob Poulsen or Christian Dobris have been showing the door. Um, for Jakob Poulsen, that probably means certain retirement. Um, I think this was his last chance saloon. I think it was done in Europe from what we heard from uh, fans of his previous club that he was pretty much done and, um, and he kind of uh, came to Australia as one last chance to play one more season. So uh, it's an interesting decision for, for him. Um, Dobris doesn't want to... He, he's having a holiday. He's having a nice summer holiday in Melbourne. He probably doesn't want to give up um, give up that either. So you've got Jakob Poulsen on one side who's is facing um, certain retirement. And then you've got Christian Dobris, um, who is loving life in Melbourne, if you go by his Instagram. So who gives way here? Uh, is someone going to volunteer or do we have to force someone out to, to free up the visa spot for Marco Rojas? Hello, cat. Fucking hell. This is, this is unbelievable today. Go ahead. Zoo, mate. Zoo. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, th- um, I think it could be Paulson. I think it could be Paulson. Um, I think it might be too. If you, um, like if you believe the rumours and A-League Hub today that's put out the, uh, the tweets about the club... Well, did you read that tweet? Did you see that? That was um, was the wording correct? Um, I've had a really busy day actually doing my uh, my real job today, like everyone else. But I think I saw it was that the club have spoke. Have the club spoken to individuals? I'm trying to. Yeah, I think that's what it was. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up here. So Marco Rojas has rejected an offer from Melbourne City, with Melbourne Victory and Wellington now the likely candidates. Uh, Melbourne Victory reportedly told Dobris and Poulsen that they can leave the club to free up a visa spot. So it looks like they've um, they've offered them both a chance for a bit of a payout and said you can go um, to free up a spot. So yeah, they've both been told. Interestingly, I think Kiki enjoys the summer. I think I think Kiki enjoys being here for summer more. Yeah. I think he's getting more out of it and. Honestly, I think I wrote on our forum in the um, the Christian Dobris thread that um, he will John Brew the fuck out of any kind of uh, mutual termination. He will <laughs> absolutely John Brew the shit out of it. Um, and for those that need a bit of context, we had a um, a French Mauritian, uh, Johnny Brew. He was one of Ange's stellar signings. Um, 
and he was uh, he went to an esteemed academy, played in France, Mauritius International, came with a CV that looked good for the A-League at that time, mm-hmm. and pretty much got found out after one game, then ended up training on his own for the entire season. Uh, the club tried to force him out, and he stood firm because this was the greatest job he'd ever had and will ever have. Mm-hmm. And he just stood firm and copped his paycheck and trained and probably sacked, sucked some resources out of the club and just trained on his own. And I, I could see Dobris doing that because he's having far too good a time. Uh, his social media game has uh, has never been hotter. He's yeah, I've got I've got a whole I've got a whole thing. Uh, on that in, in a second um, I've got a whole his, thing on his that image, His image and brand is, This this really is turning into the uh, Christian Dobras podcast <laughs> Isn't it um, It's really bad No um, it's, it is bad It is bad We're, we're going we way to, too far <laughs> we, need, we need to cut this out I'm, I'm, I'm no. putting a what else I'm is there to talk about this season? What else is there? There's He's not, there's, there's, unfortunately, there's not much, is there? Yeah, we're not playing that well. Um, there's a lot of scapegoats, and he's just the funniest scapegoat. So I'm. Uh, I spent an hour today putting together a fucking Seinfeld meme on on, on Dobris, um, and I think I put one I made him on the previous day as well. I've just been making Dobris memes, and it's it's been it's been fun. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think Paulson probably be he probably might end up being the one um, to take the higher ground and, and sacrifice himself for the the greater good. I think that he's maybe that type of person. But what if what if we what if we're being too what if we've got the blinkers on too much here? What if uh, there there was you know there's always a conspiracy theory out there with these mm-hmm. kind of things. What if Ola? Wants to go yeah. home because the Swedish season starting, or what if Timmy Hoogland is completely <laughs> cooked, which he pretty much has been. So yeah. we're, we're not winning. We're not, not going to gain anything by. We might gain a respectable fifth if he comes back for a few games. But what if what if the medicos just go? Nah, we're going to chop him too. Well, so that's the thing as well. I I don't know. Are they? Are they too much invested in Hoogland and the unknown of Timmy Hoogland that they have to say, you know, um, let's get him right because we might make finals and he may actually do something in the final three weeks. He's got that pedigree. Um, but he could turn out just as bad as the rest of them. Um, people are going off a really small sample size and saying that we were much better with him. Um, but maybe he's not as good as the rest of them either. And, and that's that's something to consider. But all the Toivonen is, is a smoky Um yeah, as you're saying, he he has expressed a desire to go back to Sweden. Um, he's definitely, definitely, definitely not going to come back next year. So maybe he cuts the cord. The the Swedish league is you said just getting underway. Is that right? So they're just in preseason, or they're just about to get underway. So it's probably perfect timing for him um, to go. Not that you want at all Olatoivinen to leave, um, but if it means that you you know writing off a season that's pretty much already dead and buried, um, in preference of um, getting Marco Rojas on a on a long term deal, and it seems like Marco Rojas is perhaps content or come to terms with the fact that his days in Europe are over. He's 28 years of age. He's still really young. It seems like he's expressing a desire to to come back to, to Australia and, and spend significant time here. So that's that's a huge get. If we can get a 28-year-old player that has dominated this league, a former Johnny Warren medalist, um, the only thing really missing off his CV is a championship medal. To get someone of that 
ilk, a 28-year-old who knows the league, who's dominated the league, it would be a huge get. So if we can get him on a multi-year deal, um, there are questions about where he fits in this attack this season. Uh, if you have uh, Rojas, Dobris, sorry, Rojas, um, Toivonen, um, Naboo, and Robbie Cruz all together, how do you fit those into the attack? But this is a long-term play. This is a multi-year deal if it does come to fruition. So we have to play the long game and think about this long-term and perhaps um, for the for the greater good, um, you know, I'd be probably content with all the toy and going as well. Um, as I've much got as it, I, I've got it. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt there. I just brought it up. Yeah, I was correct. The uh, the Alsvenskan mm-hmm. um, runs from March or early April to the beginning of November, so it's a thirty match season. So obviously, because the um, the winter is so um, so heavy and uh, so oppressive um, over there because you just you can barely leave the house um, yeah. let alone play football um, they wait for the worst of it to be over um, that's, a, that's another argument that we could possibly do in Australia wait till the worst of summer's over before we play our football but um, yeah that's what they do over there and um, it, it's a, it'd be a convenient parting of the ways for, um, for Mr Toivonen to because um, I I still think that that yellow card off the bench to um, get a week off was all too convenient the other week oh, yeah. as well. That was it was clear as, as soon as it was announced that he wasn't going to be part of the, the squad against Central Coast that um, that was a tactical yellow card. And I said I was right on the money last week, wasn't I? I said that uh, Melbourne Victory were getting away with not having to announce that Ola Toivonen was injured. And um, sure enough, um, he's injured and uh, hopefully it doesn't extend into next week. Um, but yeah, this is this is going to be a story that we're going to be talking about next week because it's all going to come to a head in the next probably 24 to 48 hours. Um, we may be podcasting next week um, down one foreigner, but um, a, a new foreigner with us. Haven't we already? We're, we've. I swear to God, we've already done a couple of years ago an emergency podcast when we signed Rojas. I reckon there's. I reckon there's already one in the in the bank. Yeah, was it when he was it when he was signed or when he left? I'm trying to think. It may have been when he left. No, I reckon it was when he signed. Yeah, one or the other. We definitely did an emergency podcast. Maybe we'll do another one if. Um, if yeah, I'm, I'm definitely. Do you the think, background do you noise we'll around here subsides. Do you think we'll get him? Yeah, yeah, I think we'll get him. Um, Mark Bosnich, he said something yesterday that was um, after the after the match. He was he was pretty much indicating that Marco Rojas had decided to come to Melbourne. He was saying, you know, talking about his own career, thinking about um, options that he had. And he said, you know, I wouldn't be surprised um, if Marco Rojas ends up at Melbourne Victory. And there's a there's a fair bit of manoeuvring that needs to be done, but they'll do it. Um, I don't. I just don't know. It's it's Kiki Dobris is the is the wild card because he's not going to want to move. So um, you're going to have to probably try and try and get Jakob Poulsen over the line. I think it's going to have to be Jakob Poulsen um, that goes. It's it's going to be fascinating, but I don't think it. I don't know if it changes anything immediately for us. But the the long term play on this is going to be um, is going to be well worth worth the uh, the time or the movement. Um, the greatest scam since Oliver Bazanich um, back a couple of years ago. If we can um, get rid of one of these foreigners. Um, wait, do we go? Do we go with Instadobris now? I'm feeling I'm feeling a bit uh, a bit guilty for for ragging on this guy all the time. Do we go with Instadobris this week? I think people just need to follow him and see for themselves. Um, he's put up a beautiful, beautiful um, montage of 
everybody. He's basically screenshotted everyone that tagged him and gave him props for his goal. Um, he's a big fan of his own work, Kiki, or his agent is. Did you um, you you had a bit of a theory about his um, his Instagram page, didn't you? Yeah, I did. So this came about last week, and I was looking at his story, and he's he's doing sponsored posts now. Um, he did a Facebook story, uh, sorry, Instagram story of him with a teeth whitening kit, high smile teeth, uh, and a photo of that. So I know I was just, I was just looking through his Instagram a little bit. It was going through a bit of a, uh, a rabbit hole with it. And I was looking at, um, the comments and I've made comment on this before that, um, you know, he makes a comment and usually it's, uh, it's the same kind of format, inspirational quote. Um, or positive message followed by usually two emojis um, and then straight away and, and a few tags so like go MBFC and um, Glavis management and then straight away it's followed by Glavis management um, with a comment of their own um, usually it's emojis as well so I had a look into Glavis management and they've got four um, clients and Kiki Dobris is one of them the three others are all um, Austrian athletes who seem to all know each other one of which I think the, the woman um, is going out with a guy whose last name is Glavis. So from what I can kind of uh, put together here, um, Glavis is a surname, it's a family. Dario Glavis is, I think, the owner of this um, management company where he seems to be managing his friends. Um, and I'm pretty sure, 99% sure, that Dario Glavis or someone from Glavis Management um, curates each of these athletes the three athletes plus christian dobris um they actually make the posts so christian dobris himself is not actually making the post because if you go through each of these athletes they are all the same kind of format the inspirational quote the positive message followed by emojis dario glavis his instagram follows the same format as well the same emojis is being used i'm really going fucking making a murderer here i'm going deep into the rabbit hole um, but christian dobris is not curating his own instagram and it's got me thinking and i'm not going to announce this on social media i'm not going to post it anywhere this is for for podcast listeners only because i'm pretty sure no one from the club listens to this podcast um so my thought is what's the stupidest thing that we can get Christian Dobris's management in Austria to agree to get Christian to promote? So if we create like a dummy company or something like that, um, put up a few fake Instagram posts and then send a message to Christian Dobris's management trying to get a sponsored post, um, I reckon it costs like 150, 200 bucks and we've, we've got that money. We can pay it. What's the stupidest thing that we can get Christian Dobris to advertise? Um, so for, for listeners of this podcast, I'm not going to put it out there. I'm just not going to put it on social media for, for explicitly for listeners of this podcast. Send us a DM um, or a message on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send us your suggestions like silly ideas, silly products, or like um, I saw a meme last week where um, some mum had posted a, a photo of her cooking and she was using a rolling pin, which was quite obviously a dildo, um, and maybe something like that kind of um, category, maybe not as um, as as explicit. Try, or, yeah, try and keep it PG. Like yeah. it, we all know how hilarious it would be for christian to promote a sex toy of some type or yeah some phallic some kind of phallic instrument but 
Um, keep them PG and realistic because this this is a cracker. This could work. Um, it probably costs maybe two hundred euros, um, but or maybe US dollars. Maybe his manager loves the yeah. game back. Yeah, we can we'll do that. We'll, we'll work on it. We can yeah. all write a decent email. Um, I think this 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 has got legs. If yeah, we're playing is- crap. If, the, if we're playing crap, this is the kind of stuff that's going to give the podcast some sustenance for the next few months. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll um, we'll report back next week on um, on what those results are. So um, yeah, send us a message. Um, <laughs> uh, so quickly, buds as well. You put on the rundown that um, a few articles have come out in the last um, week or so, or the last couple of days. Um, Lucy Zelich and Jonathan Howcroft. Um, they've been ragging on the league a little bit. These are, are football journos who have a connection to the game but um, it seems like even them they're, they're losing faith in the game um, and uh, losing faith in the A-League's ability to arrest this slide and get themselves out of this um, this issue that they find themselves in with low crowds dwindling ratings um, sponsors uh, you know not forthcoming um, what, what have you made of the the articles over the last couple of days interesting too um, I probably left out the Jason Chulina um uh, article as well the other day where he said that we're basically doing it all wrong here and we need to move to winter. Yeah. Um, which look look it that actually has merit. The, the with the winter thing has merit, but then there's this huge problem with stadiums and um, or stadiums is really the main one. I, I don't really subscribe to this AFL NRL free air campaign that people think that we get because just doesn't really happen too much and uh the league doesn't promote the league the ffa and the a league don't really put any money in for promotion i don't think any of the clubs could could figure out a a marketing campaign or strategy in the pre-season that was going to do any favor for the league anyway so really it's only the rusted on hardcores that go watch and know about it so um yeah look lucy zalich's article was um or you know her opinion piece was was an interesting one. I know. I know. Dave um, refuted it straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of people that probably feel that way too. That the A League's a lot better and a lot healthier than the NSL. Uh, NSL was, and um, yeah, it's probably a a whole lot less self-destructive as the NSL was in its dying days. But that's not really that's not really saying a lot for the state of the game and the governance at the moment. Quite embarrassing reading. Um, if you know the people that are supposed to be promoting and supporting the game are starting to feel like this, then um, you know there's a lot of people that are, and there's you know it's there's a lot of lot of things that need to be answered properly. But yeah, I think the uh, it'll be interesting to see what else comes out in the next couple of weeks um, if if people want to start going down this track with their uh, reporting. Yeah, I've um, I can see where people are coming from. It's uh, it's certainly on the decline and i'm not sure how you can go about uh, arresting this slide and and um it's it's truly going to be a generational thing again um after the the golden generation and the the crowds that were up and the the hype around the a-league at the time it's um it's just completely evaporated and um i really just don't know how 
how it gets back to a point. Um, I think that every every league in Australia has their ups and downs, especially the summer leagues. Um, if we think back to basketball 20 years ago and where that was um, compared to, to 10 years ago, compared to now, uh, it, it changes every time. And um, cricket to a certain extent as well. Um, I think that um, five years ago, the, the Big Bash League was was huge and that their crowds are starting to dwindle a little bit. I think it's coming back to, to where it um, probably is going to be for, for a little while. But 2020 will get old to people as well eventually and and uh, and something else will, will pop up so it's just all about peaks and troughs and I guess we just have to keep riding it out um, let's preview the match on Friday night against Adelaide United um, not in great form Adelaide um, of course as I said before um, they lost their match on the weekend 3-0 which meant that we leaped into 6th place on the table they had uh, a decent start to the season of course they beat us as well uh, 3-1 I think it was um, the first time we met them this season but they are a different proposition now it doesn't seem like they are quite as strong as what they were a, a little uh, a little while ago a few weeks ago so um, I don't know. What, what do we think? Uh, are we a chance here? Uh, the the game against Central Coast probably leads us to think that, uh, that we're not a chance here, but anything can happen in this league. Yeah, look, Adelaide have dropped their last four. Um, this, this is going to be the battle, I think, all year now for sixth place. Um, well, we're, we're as bad and inconsistent as each other. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm lost for words with this football side. Yeah. It depends what men, it depends what mentality they they turn up with. I know that you know Gertian Verbeek doesn't play the the greatest attacking brand of football, but um, Riley McGree and Ben Halloran are definitely two better midfielders than we've got on our whole side. Um, you know, I'm never I'm never phased by George Blackwood, but um, it, Verbeek will probably outcoach. Um, Kurtz and you know Dobras will have a off game and everyone else will have an off game and then Kenny Kenny will come on at 60 minutes and do nothing well um, you might see you might see um you might not see Dobras you might not see Poulsen you'll you might see um Marco Kurtz in the stands you'll also maybe see Marco Rojas in the stands it could be completely different um within the next four or five days uh, that's just <laughs> Yeah, the reality of it, it's 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 crazy how how um how different this season can be in, in the space of about three or four days. Um, Ola Toivda, I'm not too sure where he's going to be at if he's a chance. I think they said in the article to announce that he was injured that they probably could have risked him if it was a final. So that gives you the impression that he'll be up and firing for Friday night. He's going to have to be because we need those three points. Um, it gives us some space between Adelaide if we if we get these win get this win. So it's um, it was almost a bit of a six pointer. This one um, can solidify our spot in the six. Who would have thought that? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, so um, this is this is a really massive game. Um, yeah, hard to predict, but I'm I'm gonna say probably away. Uh, I'm gonna say it's gonna be a one-all draw here. Yeah, I think Troisi is gonna come back in for them yeah. this week, um, which will be a big in for Adelaide. If Ola plays, I think we're a chance of uh, scraping a point in or a one-one, but. Uh, no, Ola. I think we'll, well, I think I think we'll probably two one, two one loss. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, who knows. Who knows. All right. 
we're going to end it here, end it there today. Um, buds, thank you for, for your time and your patience with my baby who's back asleep, safe, safe and sound in asleep, us uh, in bed. And, um, my flu's starting to get worse. So I'm going to take some cough medicine. Um, Go and have thank- a shower and get some sleep, mate. Yeah, thanks to everyone who listened. Um, we will see you next week. Uh, until then, it is goodbye and... Mon the Vak. Mon. <laughs>